Good morning, everyone. I have a couple of quick announcements for you. And it's so great to see all of you here in person. It's a great celebration. We see people. Um, and good morning to all of you who are online as well. Write something in the comments so that we know who is with us. Um, if you notice, we have a rose on the altar. And we're always happy to see a rose on the altar. It means the birth of another uh, child in the life of the church. Uh, the rose is for Romy Migas. Parents are Zach and Brittany. Uh, and big brother Briggs. So if you know them, send them a big congratulations message. I can't believe it. Already talking about Vacation Bible School. That means summer's on the way. Uh, Vacation Bible School is going to be June 7th through 10th. Um, And you can sign up now to help. You can sign up on the church website or through Facebook, or you can contact Catherine over here. Uh, Just talk to her after service. She would love your help. And there's all types of jobs that you can do. And the youth are going to be going kayaking this Saturday at Big Wills Creek. So send some teenagers our way, or uh, if you want to join us, let me know. Uh, The United Methodist Women are having a luncheon on April 12th. And they have uh, Dr. Grover Kitchens as the speaker. So that is going to be a hoot. So you you don't want to be... There's there's a... I don't know if you're watching online. People are clapping about that one. They're excited. Um, So you don't want to miss that United Methodist Women's Luncheon. Our journey groups are uh, going great. Martin Fellowship class is meeting in person, along with Pathfinders class also meets in person on Sunday mornings. So they would love to have you. Both classes have said, if you have never been a part of their class in the past, you can join them. Just join the party they're having. And um, we also have an online Sunday school option, if you would like that. And Pastor Sam has a Bible study in person at 11 Number one Bible study in Gadsden. No, in the nation. In the nation. On uh, Wednesdays at 11, but also he does an online option as well at 6. And Harriet Murray has an in-person Bible study on Wednesday nights, and everybody loves that one. Also number one. And the youth and kids meet again on Wednesday nights. We've been meeting in person most of this year, and we have a blast. So... uh, Be sure to check those out. And let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Loving God, we are so thankful that we can worship together. So many of us here in person and so many of our friends online, we're thankful to be together. Uh, We pray that right now that you will calm our hearts and our minds and help us focus on you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning as we worship together, I invite you to stand as we sing hymn number 117. Oh God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come.
Please remain standing and join us in the affirmation of faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. All except for our, our children can go to Children's Church now. Ms. Catherine's going to take them. We love children around here. We absolutely love our children. We've got the best ever. And they're going to Children's Church now. Is this is a good time to remind you that one of the things that we're using for our Alleluia offering this year is to create a wonderful new worship space for our children, just for our children. We're going to take room 108 and 106 down here, and we're going to connect those two and turn it into a children's worship space. I'm so excited about it. I'm just really pumped at the way it's going to look. It's going to be so inviting and such a great space for our kids. And it's going to be named after our friend in memory of Joan Hightower. And many of you have already given your Alleluia offering. If you haven't, uh, if you don't even know what that is, Alleluia offering is just... One way that we just say thank you, God, on Easter Sunday. We had a great Easter Sunday. We've got a great day today, too. But Alleluia offering is just above and beyond our usual gifts and tithes and offerings to the Lord. It's just a way to say thank you, Lord. And then we try to do something special with that. We have several special projects around here we're doing. For your support and for the way that you continue to help this church be the church here, at the corner of Fifth and Chestnut downtown and around the world, I want to say thank you. Uh, if you're here with us in person, thank you for being here. If, um, you know, if, if you wonder why we still kind of separate out and we still kind of wear masks and we still do the sanit sanitizing and things in between services, we're doing that because we're thinking about you. We want to keep you safe because it's not uh, just our interests, but the interests of others that we want to protect. Um, we are doing our best to have you have a wonderful live stream experience. Say hello to us. We're learning as we go along. Um, if you want to give online, you can always do that. Download our church app. Y'all, we have a really good church app. You can give through that. Or you can just drop your offering in the plate if you're here. Either way, we're grateful and we're thankful for your support. And we also want your prayer requests. We've, uh, our prayer team is back meeting together and they've been praying all along, 
but they're meeting together now. And if you send us a prayer request, we will pray for your, your needs. Will you join me now as we go to the Lord in prayer? Oh, Lord, it's with grateful and humble hearts that we bow before you today, giving you thanks for this beautiful day, giving you thanks for what you've brought us through. Uh, thankful that we can worship and we're connected even if we're not in the same building. Thankful that technology makes us able to be connected in that way. And also, Lord, in anticipation uh, of where you are taking us. We're trying to learn these lessons, Lord. We're trying to learn. Uh, God, we try to learn from our sins and our mistakes, and we ask for your forgiveness. And, and we are holding on to one another, Lord, and lifting each other up because we have friends that need you so much right now. Friends that need a, a touch, that are struggling through with physical illness or mental illness or just from the burdens of life today. God, we struggle as a church sometimes, as a denomination, as a country. The world is groaning, Lord, and we pray that you would revive us again. And Lord, will you teach us to pray now the prayer that you taught your disciples when you said, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
so much choir. Well, I still get amazed that we have such great music in this in this church. So um, I appreciate that so much. All right, we're starting a brand new series today called Reconnect, and uh, that's kind of going to be our theme because I think that's our challenge in 2021 is is how are we going to get reconnected? I've had so many people tell me how disconnected they have felt, disconnected from their church, their community, school, family uh, over the last year. And so our challenge is to how are we going to reconnect? How are we going to do so uh, in a wise way? What's it going to look like? We're going to look in uh, the book of Ezra today. Um, the word's going to be up on the screen for you. Ezra chapter 3, verses 10 through 13. Before we reconnect, um, I want us to talk about what it feels like to be disconnected. Ezra 3, verses 10 through 13. When the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests in their vestments were stationed to praise the Lord with trumpets and the Levites, the son of Asaph, with cymbals, according to the directions of King David of Israel. And they sang responsively, praising and giving thanks to the Lord. For he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever toward Israel. And all the people responded with a great shout when they praised the Lord, because the foundations of the house of the Lord was laid. But many of the priests and Levites... And the heads of the families, old people who had seen the first house on its foundations, wept with a loud voice when they saw this house, though many shouted aloud for joy, so that the people could not distinguish the sound of the joyful shout from the sound of the people's weeping, for the people shouted so loudly that the sound was heard far away. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. There are two things that are going on at the same time these days, I think. And it doesn't seem like it ought to be that way, but it is. Two different things happening at the same time is kind of the very definition of a paradox. Uh, on one hand, we are the most connected people in, that the world has ever seen right with with the just proliferation of the internet and of social networking we are just more connected than ever there's a, a website called statistica.com and I, I looked on this very interesting with statistics and stuff it says there are 4.2 billion people that are connected through social networking around the world 4.2 billion people connected in that way it just boggles my mind. Things that we could not even imagine 30 years ago are just eh, routine now. I mean, just to give you an example of that, when our oldest daughter, Emily Kate, was studying abroad in the Czech Republic, 4,877 miles away from Gadsden, Alabama, you know, seven time zones away, we routinely talk to her in real time through this amazing thing called the internet. We talk to her by Snapchat and by Skype all the time. We could see her little face on our screens. It was amazing, it was wonderful. 
And, you know, I'm not even the most technologically savvy person out there. I know that I'm just an average baby boomer. I don't even know some of the, how to work some of the things on my phone, and I don't have the latest phone. I'm not that much of a gadget person, but just on my phone, just on my little phone with my little brain, I have I have access to Facebook and to Instagram and to Twitter and to Snapchat and to GroupMe and to GoToMeeting and to Zoom and to TikTok. All of that just on my little phone, my little phone that's more power than, powerful than the first computer I ever owned. I have FaceTime. How many of y'all have used FaceTime? Listen, grannies and grandpas use FaceTime. It's amazing. Every time I use FaceTime, and we use it because our kids are just in different cities now, and every time I use FaceTime, you know what I think about? I think about growing up watching the Jetsons. Any of y'all watch the Jetsons? And growing up watching the Jetsons, and there was George Jetson talking to Mr. Spacely. And as he was talking to him, it was, it was a telephone where you could see the picture. And I thought, that'll never happen. You know, and well, I had to eat those words because here we are talking to each other, seeing each other, you know, it's just overwhelming to think about. It's not just a wave of technology that's come in, it's a tsunami of technology and it's changing all the time. It changes how we do everything. It's changed the way we communicate. It's changed the way we shop, right? It's changed the way, it's even changed the way people think about dating. I mean, all of those dating websites, are you kidding me? You don't have to be lonely. All you have to do is go to methodistromance.com and you can meet that special someone. And maybe, just maybe, when you actually see them, they'll look like their profile picture on there. Um, maybe they'll resemble it. I don't know, you know. It's even changed the way we worship, the way we think about worship. I know. I, I don't deal well with change. I don't like change, but it's here. It's, it's here. It's just, it's different, whether I like it or not. But aren't you glad, aren't you thankful that a year ago when everything shut down and we were quarantined and we were so frightened and uncertain about what this pandemic was going to be like, that we had the option of live streaming worship and Bible study and Sunday school. Aren't you glad we had that option? I don't know what we would have done without it. We certainly have learned how to do it better over this last year, but we had the option to stay connected. We have learned and we are still learning what that new world of social media to social ministry is going to look like because We've seen all kinds of things we never knew were out there through this medium. So my point is, on one hand, we're more connected than we've ever been. And on the other hand, happening at the same time, we're more disconnected than we've ever been. Both of them at the same time. I'll bet it wouldn't surprise you to know that I was looking at a a study done by Cigna Health in 2020 
And according to that study of Americans, it's, it wasn't a worldwide study, but American adults are lonelier than they've ever been before. Does that surprise you? That didn't really surprise me. Three out of five people on this study said that they were lonely and felt disconnected. And this may actually surprise you. It, it kind of did me and kind of didn't. But do you know what the loneliest generation is? May not be what you think. The younger generations were lonelier. Gen Zers were eight out of ten. Gen Zers, we're talking about people who are age six to 24 right now. Eight out of ten of them said they were lonely. Seven out of ten millennials, ages 25 to 40, seven out of ten millennials said they were lonely, said they felt disconnected. Even though they're constantly staring at screens, they still felt lonely, still felt disconnected. Loneliness and feeling disconnected. You know, you, I don't have to tell you, you know what a toll it takes. It takes a toll on you physically. It could, you, some of you doctors can tell me about the toll it takes on, on you physically. It takes a toll on your mental health. It takes a toll on your relationships. And it takes a toll on your spiritual health when you feel lonely and disconnected because that feeling carries over to how you think about God and you think, I'm just all alone. I'm out here all alone. I feel like I'm in exile. That's why we are reading the story from the uh, people, who, Israelites who are returning from exile in the Old Testament. Now, when I say exile, here's what I'm talking about. In 586 B.C., Babylon came in and just conquered and destroyed uh, Jerusalem and, and took the Israelites off into exile, into Babylon. Um, the people, all of the sudden, were disconnected from from their homeland, disconnected from their, their, their friends and neighbors, disconnected really from God because they associated worship at the temple with God. That, that's where they believed that God lived there. And so they felt disconnected from God, foreign land, foreign country, foreign language, foreign gods with a little g, pagan gods. They were totally exiled disconnected from everything that was normal, right? So how did that feel? I could tell you how that felt. I could try to tell you how it felt, but I think the psalmist does a much better job at it in Psalm 137. I'm going to read just a few verses from Psalm 137. By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat and we wept when we remembered Zion, on the willow trees there we hung our harps, for there our captors ask us for songs, and our tormentors ask us for mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. How could we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? If I forget you, O Jerusalem, let my right hand wither. Let my tongue cling to the roof of my mouth. If I do not remember you, if I do not set Jerusalem above my highest joy. Can you just feel the sadness and the loneliness and the disconnection? 
And, and y'all, it wasn't just for a little while. It wasn't just for one year. It was for 70 years that they were in exile. So eventually they started being able to go back home to Jerusalem. Eventually they went in waves and that's where Ezra comes in. The scripture that we read just a few minutes ago. And so, okay, who was Ezra? Who is Ezra besides our amazing tenor in our choir? Old Testament Ezra I'm talking about. I don't know if that Ezra could sing, but that Ezra got to lead one of the groups back to Jerusalem from Babylon. And, and uh, during that time, uh, the people got to get back together, right? For the first time, the ones that had survived, they could get back together. So now they're back in their old hometown, right? They're back. The people are seeing people they haven't seen. They're seeing their old neighborhood. So everything's great. Yay, right? Everything's back to normal. No, not at all. You know why? Because some of them didn't make it. Some of them didn't get to come back. Some of them died in exile. The temple, the temple that they associated with God, the, the place where they felt connected to God was gone. I mean, the new foundation of the temple had been laid, but the old one was gone. The walls of the city were torn down. Read the book of Nehemiah. The walls of the city were torn down. The place was in shambles. They couldn't look at things and say, oh, that's just like I remembered it, because it wasn't. Nothing was normal again. Now, God was faithful, and, and they were grateful they had survived, but the question was, how could we reconnect? How could we rebuild not just our city and not just our temple, but our sense of connection? How could we rebuild as a worshiping community? That was their questions, Old Testament questions when they returned from exile. Now, what are our questions, our 21st century questions? You see, we have got a lot in common with those ancient Israelites. We really do. I'm going to share three of the things that I think we have in common with them in our day and time with their day and time. The first one is this. The Israelites were in a liminal space, and we are too. Do you know that word liminal? It may be not a word that you have used, or you might not be a word nerd like me and know what it is. L-I-M-I-N-A-L. It comes from a, the late Latin root that means threshold, okay? A liminal space in architecture would be a doorway or a hallway that takes you from one space into another space. It's the crossover space, right? It's the crossover space. You're not there, but you're not there either. You're in between, okay? A liminal space, spiritually speaking, emotionally speaking, is that same kind of thing. You've left one thing behind. You haven't gotten to the next thing. You're in what we would say today, transition. You're in transition. And that's where the Israelites were. You go back and read Ezra, you read Nehemiah, you see the Israelites, yeah, they got to go back to their homeland in phases, 
but much of it had been destroyed. Much of it were, <laughs> they were going to have to just rebuild. On top of that, not just the shambles, but the divisions between the people. The 12 tribes went into exile already divided. And it just got magnified. Now, when I say they were divided, what do I mean by that? Well, after King Solomon, who was David's son, after King Solomon, the one that followed King Solomon, Rehoboam, um, didn't get along well with everybody. Rehoboam just really angered the ten northern tribes because they felt like Rehoboam was not listening to them. They didn't like Rehoboam's economic policies, and they didn't feel like he was listening to them. And so the two southern tribes that were centered around Jerusalem and the ten northern tribes divided, separated, so that you had the northern kingdom of ten tribes and you had the southern two kingdoms centered around Jerusalem, and they were just two different kingdoms. Now, sometimes they got along and did things together, but a lot of times they fought. I mean, fought like cats and dogs. But after the exile, you see, after everybody had been conquered by this huge juggernaut of Babylon, and after they came back, there was no such thing as the northern tribe and the southern tribe. There was just the ones that survived, the remnant of the 12 tribes. There weren't two different kingdoms, you see. There was just a group of people that was left behind that shared the same problems now. They shared the societal carnage and wreckage. It was everybody's problem. They were all in the same boat. And Ezra was a very important figure in this story, story, and Nehemiah was too, and God was faithful to them before, during, and after the exile. But here's the question. Would the people cooperate? Would they try to put aside their differences? Would they focus on what they had in common more than what they had differently? Because you know what? What they had before was gone. They were no longer at point A. It was behind them. And what they would be in the future wasn't there yet. They were in the liminal space. And I hope you have picked up on the fact that, that we're kind of like that too. We have been through a very traumatic year. We just have. It's been hard. It's been hard on everybody. And not only have we had to deal with the pandemic, we went into the pandemic. We already had problems going into the pandemic. We were already super divided as, as a society. We were super divided politically. We were super divided, even our denomination. I'm just being real with you. Super divided going into the pandemic. And it seemed like the pandemic uh, magnified our divisions, right? It magnified them. The, the racial injustice that was already there going into the pandemic now was boiling over. 
the, the problems with immigration going into the pandemic, now we're boiling over, right? The political warring going into the pandemic and then through the election year is now just boiling over. So not only are we disconnected, we don't even know who to trust anymore. We don't even know who to believe when, when it comes to telling us, reporting to us what, what's going on with the coronavirus. And there's divisions over people who say, wear a mask, and people who say, oh, don't wear a mask. People that say, okay, let's get together. And people say, oh, well, no, we don't need to get together. And then all of this and that. And then now we have the vaccine that's available to almost everybody. Some of us are excited. Y'all, I, I don't like getting shots. But I was excited to get my vaccine. But some people aren't. So divisions, uncertainty. And how do we, how do we feel about that? Well, like the Israelites, we have mixed emotions. That's the second thing we have in common with them, mixed emotions. Did you notice that in the passage that we read today? Um, they had a great shout of praise. They had trumpets. They had cymbals. They had priests with their vestments on. They, had, they were singing the ancient songs of the faith, praise to the Lord for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. They had the foundation of the house of the Lord that was laid there was much joy and celebration, but along with the joy and celebration, there was also weeping. And I don't mean just shedding a few little tears. I mean lamenting, weeping loudly, loudly weeping over what they had lost. They had lost so much. Weeping over the uncertainty of the future because nobody knew what it was going to look like, this new future weeping and praising, crying and shouting, and all of it going on at the same time so that it was so loud and so raucous that people who were far away could hear it and they didn't know which was which. They couldn't tell which was the shouting of praise and which was the lamenting and crying. It was all together at the same time. And y'all, that's kind of the way that I feel. That's kind of the way we are. It's, it's, I mean, it's evident that we're not where we were, but it's also evident that we're not where we're going to be either. You know what it's like? You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of a trapeze. You know, like at the circus, the ones that swing on the, the little bars from way up high. And, and the trapeze artist uh, swings from, from one place and lets go. And they're going to grab onto the bar or usually someone who is hanging by their knees and reaching out their hands. They're going to grab on, but there's a period of time when they're hung in midair. They're suspended in midair and they've left point A, right? But they haven't gotten to point B yet. That's the liminal space. 
And it's a, it's a time of mixed emotions. It's exciting. Ah, I'm hanging in midair. But it's also scary. Ah, I'm hanging in midair. You know, it, it's like, oh, I've left behind what was safe and normal. I'm excited about what's new, but it's a little uncertain. So mixed feelings. It, it's okay to be that way. It's okay. You can be both at the same time. You can be both excited and scared. You can be both hopeful and uncertain. We're not really sure what the new normal is going to look like, but it will be new. We know that. It will be new. It won't be the old normal. I, I had last week some friends from out of town were visiting, and I was showing them around in downtown Gadsden. We have a, such a wonderful downtown uh, to show people, and I was showing them downtown Gadsden, going in different shops. Went into a shop. I know the shop owner. He knows that I'm a pastor here, and he said, Pastor Sam, when do you think everything's going to be back to normal at church? And I said, never. And I was only partly kidding. I, sometimes I think I'm humorous, but, you know, I was only partially kidding. Because it won't, it won't be. You can't go back to pre-pandemic because we've been through this together. It's like you can't go back to pre-internet. And you can't go back to pre-9-11. And you can't go back to pre-atomic bomb. You can't go back to pre-anything. The only way to move is to move forward. That's just how it's going to be. The new normal will be new. It won't be the old normal. So to put it back into terms of the, pen, uh, of the trapeze artist, we're hanging there, but we're going to have to catch that new bar or the new hands. We're going to have to get to point B. We're going to have to reach out there and get it because... We can't just fall and crash. We're going to have to reach out to the new normal. The third thing is the Israelites had two big things that they could count on during this liminal time, during this time of mixed emotion, and we can count on the same two things. One is the foundation. For them, it was the foundation of the temple, the foundation that represented their community of worship and their, their experience of the presence of God and when I say foundation, I'm not talking about the foundation of a building. I'm talking about the foundation, which is Jesus Christ, our Lord. The church is one foundation. The, the foundation that is going to be there, that has been there, and that always will be there, no matter what circumstances look like. Jesus was the foundation when we departed from point A, from the old normal, Jesus remains the foundation in the liminal space and Jesus will be the foundation whenever we get to whatever the new normal looks like. Yesterday, today, and forever. We count on the foundation. The other thing that the Israelites had to count on that we have to count on in the liminal time, in the mixed emotions time, is that God is faithful. The faithfulness of God God's faithfulness always was there, is there now, and always will be there. 
Because faithfulness is not just something God does, it's who God is. It's who God is. I could mention many different scriptures that that talk about the faithfulness of God. I'll just mention a couple of them. One is Lamentations 3, 22 and 23. The steadfast love of God never ceases. His mercies come new every morning. Great is thy, what? Faithfulness. My favorite hymn. 2 Timothy 2, 13 says, If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. That's who God is. He is faithful. And that just brings me to the only thing really left to say. And that is in the form of a question. Will we be faithful? Will we do what we need to do to reconnect to God and to each other as a worshiping faith community? I know change is hard on all of us. And I know that we might be joyful over some of the new opportunities we have while at the same time we're grieving over what we've lost. I know that. We do both of those at the same time sometimes. We praise and we have tears and sometimes it gets all mixed up together. But either way, we got to reconnect. When somebody joins our church, we, Shelby joined our church at 9 o'clock service last week. I'm so proud of her. But Pastor Andy asked Shelby these questions. He said, will you be loyal to this church and support it with your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness? And that, if you wanted to sum up the connection between us and God and connection between us and each other as a worshiping community about the whole thing about loving God and loving each other, that's a pretty good summary. Connected by prayers, presence, gifts, service, and witness. When we look at the challenge of reconnecting, we're looking at the challenge of reconnecting through prayers, presence, gifts, service, and witness. So what I want to ask you is, are you on board with that? Can, can you get on board with that even if it's like me, an old dog learning new tricks? You can do that. I promise you can. If I can, anybody can. Yes, there are new challenges. But you know, here's how we move forward. And I want to thank my father-in-law for teaching me this. It's one of the mottos of the Marine Corps. We adapt, we improvise, and we overcome. Any of y'all heard that one before? Adapt, improvise, overcome. My wife heard it every day of her life growing up with her dad. Adapt, improvise, overcome. That's how we're going to do it. And you know, it's worth the effort to reconnect. It's worth it. It's worth the effort to reconnect by prayers and presence and gifts and service and witness in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, you 
our community, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, together, one God. And you made us for community. You made us for connection, Lord, with you and with each other. And there have been times that we felt so disconnected. There have been times when we have felt lonely even when we are around other people and even when there's no escape from the presence of people through technology, we still feel sometimes lonely and abandoned. So reconnecting is all of our challenges. Reconnecting despite our differences. Reconnecting because of what we share together, that need and that longing to be united with you and with each other. So God, give us grace. Give us courage. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, we had a wonderful Easter Sunday last week. I was so pumped. I, even our Palm Sunday was just extra special this year. But you know, every Sunday is a chance to praise God. And um, we're, we're going to close with a celebration hymn. And it's crown him with many crowns. It is so majestic and so much celebration. So let this hymn be our, our praise, even if we have a tear running down our face at the same time. Crown him with many crowns. Will you stand together?
And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and let his face shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious upon you and give you peace. Amen.